Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. This first month of 2023 has already been so fun, and if you've made resolutions and you're still on track, look at you go. We are so proud of you. We are also so envious of your willpower. You should be proud. And if you've made a resolution and you've dropped off a bit, know that that's okay. You're not alone. I actually just finished a few M&M chocolate chip cookies from the snack bowl here in the pod lab, and I've truly never been happier. So I'm picking up what you're putting down. But if you want to start a new resolution of giving back to your community and learning more about organizations here in Lexington without having to write this big fat check, I urge you to check out BGCF 365. The idea is super simple. You give a dollar a day, that's $365 a year, and you pull those dollars together with other members And at our yearly meeting coming up in April, we are going to be granting out $25,000. I am a BGCF 365 member myself, and it's super easy to get involved. You can join at any time. That means right now, if you're listening right now, you can go online right now and become a member. And we have so much fun. We're talking parties, get-togethers, little fundraisers, educational events, and not the boring kind. So you'll definitely be getting a lot for what you're giving. It's just $365 a year. And I spend certainly more than $365 a year on coffee and things that maybe don't really make a difference in our community. So check us out. For more information on BGCF 365, visit our website at bgcf.org and find the BGCF 365 tab under Community Engagement. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at BGCF365. Today's guest made one of the coldest days maybe in the history of forever so warm and so fun. Their energy is absolutely contagious, and the work they do in our community is invaluable. Here is Melinda Jamison and Ben Kleppinger. Friends, how are you today? 
We're doing good. Good. Thanks. Yeah, so, thank you for having us, Courtney. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We've been bouncing around a little bit over emails. So I'm so happy we finally got to get together. Um, now, you all are with CASA of Lexington, and I've got to give you a little background on what I know about CASA because, one, it's not much, but I feel like it's one of these organizations that everyone is at least a little familiar with, but maybe not be able to really pinpoint what you all do. So if you had to explain Casa of Lexington to somebody who's never even heard of it, how would you describe it? I think to make it succinct, right? And let's just start by saying what CASA stands for. It's an acronym that stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. But Courtney, if you approached me on the side of the road and said, what exactly is CASA? (laughs) I would say we use trained and supervised volunteers known as CASAs to advocate for abused and neglected children through the court system. What does that really look like? I have a a best friend named Hannah who is a social worker, and I'm constantly just in awe of the work that she does because she's always in and out of the courtroom, and she's with kids who have been through tremendous trauma, and you wouldn't think that, you know, the average person without training would be able to do that, but you all make that training available to these people. Absolutely. And so to answer your first question, Courtney, tell me what, who is your favorite superhero? Oh gosh, favorite superhero. I would, I'm honestly going to say Spider-Man. I'm having a big Spider-Man moment these days. Okay. Spider-Man. So basically Ben and I get to work alongside community volunteers who like Spider-Man. So they might not be able to cast webs, but what they do is they really are a superhero for these children and they come alongside them and they're a constant for them. Many of our kids have never had a constant. They're moved from foster home to foster home, removed from their family. Um, They might get moved to a home that's in a new county, which means a new school, a new teacher, a new attempt at making friends. That's a lot of change. And the CASA volunteer stays the constant. And as you mentioned, your friends, social workers, they're overloaded. And when this child gets moved, they might get a different social worker because they're now in a different part of the state. It's nothing for one of our children to have 12 different social workers over the course of a case. And these are young kids in Mm -hmm. many situations. We serve birth all the way up to 18 and then to 21 if they recommit. But so what that means is in early years, they can see a whole lot of change, but that CASA volunteer is a constant for them who is there solely for what's in their best interest. And that's what makes CASA a unduplicated resource is that we don't have the same statutes to abide by that a state social worker has. Also, our CASA volunteers typically have one case, so they can spend a whole lot more time on that child or sibling set. We do keep siblings together Mm -hmm. unless a sibling has perpetrated on a sibling and then they get separate CASA volunteers, or if it's a very large sibling group, we may may need to put a couple of CASA volunteers and they work with specific children. Mm. But so they're absolutely a superhero that just keeps showing up and is there to make that child's needs and interests known to the court. The judges often never meet these kids. So through the power of a report, 
the volunteer can let the judge and all the parties involved know maybe the child wants to play soccer or needs tutoring or eyeglasses, or maybe we need to look at termination of parental rights and adoption. We're all for safe and permanent homes. And if that means returning home, fantastic. We know that research shows us that that's best, but in many cases, unfortunately, that's not gonna be a safe and permanent option and the CASA volunteer needs to look at other options. And as you said, the beauty of this is you go through a 30 hour training right here on site, but we still don't expect that you're an expert. You get a volunteer manager, which is a staff person and by by state law, one full-time volunteer manager can have no more than 30 CASA volunteers that they support. You get the power of this volunteer manager that can answer your question, goes on the first visit with you to meet the child or children you're assigned, is always at court with you, proofs your report before it goes to the court, and really can support you through this process. So they're quite amazing people as well. So it's like working alongside a Marvel cast, or if you're not a Marvel fan, choose your own. And I got to kind of be uh, that kind of Spider-Man uh, for four years. I was a CASA volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of my cases I, I visit, I had a 16 year old boy who had been living in uh, residential facilities for half his life. And I I came on board, I got to visit him every month. Uh, I would go out and see him, we'd walk around his facility, we'd listen to music get together, we'd go fishing together. I really got to know him well, and then on top of that, I got to advocate for him in court for things that would help stabilize him so he'd quit moving to different placements and so that he could ultimately wind up graduating from high school. Now, Ben, there are a few questions that I have specific to what it's like to be a CASA volunteer. But first, what was it that called you to step up and say that this was something that you were interested in? So in my previous career, I was a journalist. And uh, one of the stories I was assigned to write uh, when I was a young reporter was about the local CASA program. And so that was my introduction to it. I did not know it existed before then. Uh, I have always been on the lookout for ways to help uh, my community and my world and, and do something that makes a real difference. And when I discovered CASA, uh, right after the story came out, I went and signed up for the next volunteer training. Mm. And what was that training like? It has to be intense. 30 hours is a long time, but also the subject matter is pretty heavy. So what does that training look like? It is. It's And it's broken up into uh, typically three-hour segments. Um, so there you wind up with 10 segments here at Casa Lexington. We do a couple of those together on a couple Saturdays. So it winds up being about eight different training sessions. Um, but uh, when I went through it, uh, it, it starts off by introducing you to uh, some of the, the basic uh, concepts you're going to need under to understand uh, the child welfare system and, and the trauma that children experience and the importance of family um, that many people uh, might not realize how just how important family is to these kids um, even if they've come from a bad place even if they've come from a place of abuse and neglect uh, to family is important to everyone Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so you kind of learn in tandem uh, the effects of trauma and how to deal with the trauma and how um, supporting families and helping families provide what children need can hopefully be the, the best thing for them. And then you also learn uh, what are the other ways that you can help children when family isn't an option. And through all of it, you're going through uh, case studies 
you're, you're working through uh, kind of simulated cases with, with your fellow CASA volunteers in training and encountering these difficult and hard to figure out situations where there maybe there isn't a perfect answer and you have to come up with uh, a good answer, even though it's not the perfect answer. Um, the training also covers the effects of substance abuse uh, on, on our communities, um, the effects of uh, over-representation of minority groups in the criminal justice and child welfare system, uh, how to be culturally uh, humble and understand that just because something looks different to you and is not the way you would have it in your house doesn't mean that it's wrong. Mm. Um, and we also teach you all the ins and outs of the local court system, uh, how to write the court reports in a way that our local judges will appreciate. Um, and uh, hopefully by the end, you're you're very prepared to take on your first case. Now, this is probably going to be a question for both of you, but going back to the Spider-Man analogy, which I love, when I think of myself, I don't really say, I've got many attributes of Spider-Man. I'm a hero, and I love it. So what is it that makes a CASA volunteer unique, and what attributes are you looking for in a regular CASA volunteer? All right, okay. Courtney, I'm all over this question, and then Ben <laughs> can jump in. So, Ben, I'm going to let you tell her well, what the requirements are, but I'm going to tell how our volunteers throw webs, fly to new heights, <laughs> and have huge muscles and can lift that iron hammer. Okay? I love it. Our volunteers have some of the biggest hearts you've ever seen, Courtney. And so they care about these kids. Our volunteers aren't paid to do this work. They come because they believe in the mission. They believe that every child deserves a safe and permanent home. So that sets them out of the gate. It makes them quite amazing. They also have the tenacity to follow through. So meaning there's a lot of different players involved in these cases. The volunteer is going to meet with the biological parents, even if the child is still not in that home of origin, at least once to get information, potentially other relatives, teachers, doctors, social workers. And they're going to use that tenacity to follow through and gather medical records, school records, counseling records. In one case, we had a little guy, he was 10 months old and he had spent the first three months of his life in the hospital. He was born drug addicted, had a lot of medical issues. And when he left, he was in like five different foster homes in two months because he had a lot of medical issues and they couldn't care for him. But what happened when he went to this next foster home, they didn't receive any of the medical records before he was placed with them. The CASA volunteer had access to get those. And the foster parent realized the little guy would whimper when you touched his side. Mm. The CASA volunteer, when they got all these records, realized he had kidney damage and somewhere through the moves that had fallen through the cracks and he was not getting medicine that is life sustaining for him. So without that CASA volunteer, he might've been a child fatality. Think about that superpower, mm -hmm. literally changing the trajectory of a child's life and in some cases saving their life. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to let Ben tell you about the qualifications, which is not near as fun as talking about the superpowers <laughs> they bring to the table. So Melinda mentioned the most important qualification, which is having a heart or a passion for helping kids and uh, the commitment to, to volunteering for five to 10 hours a month for at least two years. 
Um, that's so that you can see a case through until it gets closed because we don't want the CASA volunteer changing on a child since everything else in their life is probably going to change potentially multiple times. Uh, beyond that, uh, you have to be at least 18, uh, be at least 21 years old. You have to pass our background checks and then you have to complete our training process, which is an initial interview, uh, that 30 hour training uh, and some court observation. Mm. And this is honestly just a personal curiosity question. Let's say that a case goes on for that two-year period of time. So the, the child is designated the CASA volunteer. Two years go by. Things are good and settled. What happens if in two years that child is back into the court system in some capacity? Would that CASA volunteer potentially be able to come back or would then that child be given a new CASA volunteer? So if the CASA volunteer is still serving as a CASA volunteer because maybe they chose to, to stay on and uh, can take another case, mm. uh, they might we might very well go back to that CASA volunteer and say, hey, this case reopened. Can you take this case back on? Uh, maybe they um, stopped volunteering less than a year ago. Um, in which case they wouldn't have to go back through the training and they could come back and volunteer again because that child re-entered the system. Um, or if, if that volunteer isn't available for some reason, we would hopefully be able to assign a new CASA volunteer to that case. And Courtney, you've moved to the PhD level. Uh, so we started <laughs> in elementary school and boom, we're at the PhD level. But we have also had some situations where our volunteers closed out a case and has been said, okay, they're sort of think they're finished but then the case is reopened and we actually will always call that volunteer up unless they've moved completely out of state or something or said we're done and say, hey, we just want to let you know that this case is reopening. And as long as it's in that one year time frame, Ben said they could come back. If it's past one year, they would actually need to go through the training again. However, it has happened once in my tenure here. It had been past a year. It had actually been three and a half years. And, and that unfortunately sometimes happens and the case opened back up and the volunteer said, you know, I had such a bond with those children and was so committed. Is there any way I can get through that 30 hour training quickly mm. so I can take the case? So we actually did a one-on-one -on -one training with that individual, got her back through the training and was able to reunify her on that case, which you can imagine to a kid that finds himself in this whirlwind of being removed and back in the court system, what a breath of fresh air it is to see that familiar face. And another quick story, I think about um, a sibling set that we had. It was a, a brother and a sister, age four and five, and they had been on their 11th placement in seven months. So think about that for a second. 11 Just placements in seven moving. months. And the little girl came bursting out the front door when the CASA volunteer pulled up, ran down the sidewalk and said, we knew you'd mm. find us. And I don't know if that gives you a picture in your head, but for that little girl and her brother, our CASA volunteer, Wonder Woman, right? I told you we were going to work all these superheroes in, but, but just stopping and thinking about that, most three and four-year-olds are not bursting outdoors saying, we knew you'd find us. And to me, that was that little girl's hope and desire 
to have that volunteer because that was her one known commonality that she had experienced through the case. So if anybody out there is listening and says, you know, I want to be a superhero. Well, guess what? We'd love to have you. And there's a place for you here at Casa of Lexington. And no worries if you're not in Lexington. We serve seven counties, Fayette, Bourbon, Woodford, Scott, Jessamine, Garrett, and Lincoln. And if you find that you're not in one of those counties, there may be a CASA program where you're at, and I'd love to connect you with that program because there are literally children waiting across the Commonwealth for people to step up and be that CASA volunteer superhero. You all, I cry at the drop of a hat, so I don't know if you saw me over here getting super misty. What do you do with criers? What if a superhero Uh is a crier? Do you... We're all about diversity. We offer tissues here. And and did you miss the part where we offer these amazing folks called volunteer managers that are here to process with you your feelings? You know, and maybe it merges over to what's going on in your day-to-day life. We really want to be a support system that's here for you. We are one family, our one entity here at Casa Lexington. Although we serve seven counties, we are one team. We do have offices in each of our counties and a staff person that serves those counties, but we're one team, which makes us stronger because we're able to support one another. We have people on staff that are family marriage therapists by trade, attorneys by trade, journalists. Uh, I have a background of working with athletics and elected officials. I mean, what more could one need in life? We have masters of social work. I mean, we just have a lot of different backgrounds, teachers, counselors. And so I think that makes us a unique nonprofit that is really able to serve our volunteers well and equip them so they can go out and do the life-changing work on behalf of these children. Let me ask, because not everybody is built to be a volunteer. I've met a lot of people who say, I can write a check. I can't be, I can't be the person that's there. What other ways, aside from being a CASA volunteer, can people get involved in making a change with CASA? We are so thrilled you asked that question, Courtney. So there is a role for everyone to play at Casa of Lexington. So we've talked about the advocate. I'm going to let Ben tell you more about the friend of Casa role, which is volunteering not as an advocate, but through other skill sets you may have. But before he tells you about that, I'm going to share some other opportunities in case neither of the volunteer roles is a good fit. So you've alluded to one. We operate on 100% of donated dollars, whether that comes from individuals, foundations, maybe held at the Bluegrass Community Foundation, our partner, or maybe it's through fundraising events or grants we do, but we have zero guaranteed dollars coming in. So we rely on that. That is an opportunity to uh, give a tax deductible gift that invests in the life of children right here in our community and across central Kentucky. So that's one. Two, we have a board of directors. Currently that board is full, but every fiscal year we have new individuals rotating off. So there's information on our website if somebody really has a desire to serve on a board of directors. 
We also rely on word of mouth for advertising. I love how you started us off by saying most everyone has at least heard about CASA. We hope that's true, <laughs> but we know that there's a lot of people that still think Ben and I are over here making guacamole. And that's sort of an after hour show, Courtney. Mm-hmm. When you come in, I'm quite good at guacamole, okay. actually. I love it. But that's not our mission here. We're not serving Latino food over here. We are advocating on the behalf of abused and neglected children in the family court system. And so we rely on word of mouth to get out what we're doing. So like this radio show, but maybe somebody listening attends a um, place of faith that has meetings or is in a bunco group or is in a PEO educational philanthropy or just meets with a, a group of friends for a book club. We'd love the opportunity to come out and share more about what CASA is doing and ways to get involved or even simply telling your neighbor, hey, did you know we have this nonprofit here in town called CASA and about the superhero work they're doing on behalf of children? So helping us get the word out that way is another way to be engaged. And so Ben, if you wanna share a little more about Friends at Casa, and I'll finish up by saying, we also have a partnership with Kroger. So if anybody shops at Kroger, they can register their Kroger card for Casa of Lexington. It doesn't cost them anything, but a percent comes back to us. Same with Amazon Smile. It's just important to select Casa of Lexington because there's multiple Casa organizations out there. And we also do a travel trip at least one a year where it costs the person going the same as if they booked it online or through through their own, but they give a percentage back to Casa. And this year we have some groups going to Ireland. There's an African safari in the fall and the Christmas markets tour in December going to Budapest, Vienna, and Prague. So maybe somebody listening loves to travel and says, wow, I can change the life of a child by going on a trip that's on my bucket list? Absolutely. Email Melinda Jameson at Casa of Lexington, and I'd love to give you more information. There's actually information already on our website, casaoflexington.org. If you scroll down to the bottom and click donate and then scroll down again, you'll see information under Colette Vacations. Now, Ben, we'd love to hear from you about what exactly is a friend of Casa. Now, let me pause you right there for a second, Ben, because after you email Melinda, I'm going to need you to keep on typing and email me, Courtney, at bgcf.org. And if you need a travel buddy, call me up. I'm available. Okay, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Our our Friends of Casa program is, is really simple and straightforward, and it's an easy way to volunteer with the amount of time that you have to give, whatever that might be. Um, you just go to our website, casaoflexington.org, and you can sign up to be a friend of CASA. Tell us your background, your connections in the community, um, and uh, what areas you might be interested in helping in. That might mean administrative uh, assistance, office work kind of stuff around the uh, office building. It might mean helping us with uh, our events by helping us staff our superhero run in August, uh, or helping us find uh, silent auction items for our uh, Bourbon the Bayou Gala in February. It can also mean helping us raise awareness online on social media or helping us staff recruitment events at festivals and events throughout the year. Um, so it's, it's really easy. You just go to our website, sign up for it, and we start sending you email alerts whenever we have the need for a friend of CASA. And if it's something you're interested in doing, you let us know and we, we go from there. Now, this Bourbon on the Bayou event, 
this episode will come out very close to that event. We're recording a few weeks in advance, but tell us everything. What is this? Where's it going to be? What are y'all going to be into? Woohoo! So Bourbon in the Bayou is the place to be in Kentucky for Mardi Gras. It is a Fat Friday event featuring live music, two bands, jazz bands, stilts walkers, hot fresh beignets from Doodles as you exit, a full Cajun meal, silent and live auction, and some of the best entertainment you've seen around. It takes place at Embassy Suites on Coldstream here in Lexington, and the event, unfortunately for this year, is already sold out at 450 guests, but it's the best of both worlds with the Mardi Gras test twist with a little Kentucky flair. So we have eight bourbon distilleries and several master distillers that will be joining us for tastings prior to the uh, the meal and the auctions. And it's an amazing place to raise awareness about Casa and really just have a fun time. I think it's a very unique event. Um, if you can't tell, Ben and I are not boring people, nor is <laughs> anyone at Casa of Lexington. And we say no sir, no ma'am to rubber chicken and green bean dinners. At this one, you will find a little bit of New Orleans. And all the while, you are supporting the work that CASA does on behalf of abused and neglected children. In 2022, it was hands down our largest fundraiser, and we raised $265,000 from this event. And what that means is that 265 abused or neglected children right here in our community got CASA volunteers for an entire year. Mm. And on a serious note, that's 265 children's lives that are changed. Thanks to people right here in our community saying, I believe in this mission and I'm stepping up to the plate and, and giving money to ensure that this work happens. And as you said, Courtney, not everyone can volunteer. Mm. Not everyone can donate. Some people may be able to do both. It takes all of us working together, and that's why there's a place for everyone at Casa of Lexington. And if you haven't heard something that strikes your fancy, you reach out to Ben and I, I'm guaranteeing you will find a place to put you. Recently, we had a master gardener speak up at a speaking engagement and said, you know, I really want to help, but the volunteer role is not for me, and I don't know what special skills I had. I said, tell me, what do you enjoy doing in your free time she said well I really love to garden I said guess what we need somebody to weed around our office at Casa of Lexington would that be of interest to you she said well actually I have a master's in horticulture so I'm confident we can find a place for you you just need to reach out what are you waiting for contact us more information on casaoflexington.org and while the bourbon the Bayou tickets are sold out the silent auction is not. It is, it is on our on the website and available for anyone to bid on the items, whether you're at the event or not. And that's B and B B A N D B, twenty twenty three And that auction will open based on when this goes out. We'll say the date on Friday, February tenth. 2023, the auction opens and it will close the evening of Friday, February 24th. And that time that it closes will be posted closer to. But so you can bid at home from the comfort of your armchair recliner 
in your um, flannel pants, if you'd like, right? While we're getting down boogie town <laughs> at Embassy Suites. But there is a wait list, too, if you are interested in trying to score a ticket that may become available. And information on that is available on our website. So please follow the information and send in an email if you'd like to try and secure some last-minute tickets that may come open. And give that website a shout-out one more time. It's casaoflexington.org is our main site. And if you click events, Bourbon in the Bayou, you'll find all the information you need, including the link to the silent auction that Ben spoke about. Okay, now every episode, we like to go into BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Go for it. (laughs) What are you reading right now? Women Lead, and I've just finished it, and it was fantastic. Solutions and Other Problems. What are you watching right now? Just finished streaming Wednesday on Netflix, and I loved it. Everybody's watching that Wednesday. I'm waiting for Mandalorian Season 3 to come out March 1st. March 1st, right around the corner. What are you eating right now? I wish it were nachos, but (laughs) soon I'm going to have my lunch, which is a salad. Oh, nachos sound more fun, but a salad's going to be delicious. Um, I'm a big fan of Apollo pizza. Mm, what do you get? The farmer's market. What's the one that has, is it Tina, come get your pizza? It's got tater tots and bacon bits. Oh, that one's good too, yeah. Let me tell you, I'd Tina risk my life. Tina, come get some ham or something like that. I would risk my here's, life for that pizza. Here's my question, Ben and Courtney. With all this Apollo pizza endorsement, do we have <laughs> a silent auction from them? Or Bourbon and the Bayou have not been to one. You need to get over there and say they've been endorsed on the BGCF Good Hour Community Radio Show, and we would like our donation for the children. I love it. Everybody load up. Get in your cars. We'll drive over. What are you <laughs> most scared of? Ooh, I do not like mice, Courtney, but I, I am know. a fan of Mickey Mouse. So that is real-life mice that are not a pet, which I don't want it as a pet either, but they just find their way. I'm going to have to phone Ben or a friend to come and help if that happens. <laughs> uh, breaking my bones? Oh, that's a good one. I don't like breaking bones. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone likes breaking bones, <laughs> to be fair. What are you most proud of? Wow, that's not one you can just answer, just rapid action like nachos. But I I will say, and this may sound cliche, but I am proud of the work that our team does every day on behalf of abused and neglected children. I think we have, if not the most amazing, one of the most amazing teams assembled across this nation doing this work on, on behalf of children. And although Ben and I aren't directly visiting with the children day in and day out, like our volunteers and volunteer managers. It takes each of our roles to ensure that that work happens. And as I said, we get to see children's lives change for the better. And it takes every player on the team for that to happen. Our donors, our board members, our volunteers, our staff, and those that just shared about what CASA was so that their friend signs up to be an advocate. And I can go home and go to bed every night being proud of the work that we've accomplished here. Mm. 
Follow that uh, one up, Ben. Uh, <laughs> the work that CASA does, I think it's one of the best CASA programs in the nation. And I'm also really proud of almost everything my kids do. Who do you look up to? Ooh, Courtney has amped it up yet again with these final questions, hasn't she, Ben? She has. Uh, man. She's gotten us both. Well done, Courtney. We're hard to stump. <laughs> and not that we're stumped, but I want to give you a very thought-provoked answer. Yes. Here. Take your time. We'll edit all of the, all the weird silence. Okay. Also, it'll sound like we answered really quick. So fast, yeah. Whoever you say, they're going to be like, I came first of mine. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go up a CASA answer here and say Andrea Bronze, who is the director of the Kentucky CASA Network, which is our state organization. And for those listening that maybe don't know, CASA didn't have a state organization until about seven years ago. Andrea was serving as a contractor. Um, we got a grant from James Graham Brown Foundation, shout out to the foundations that allowed us to bring her on as the first director of a statewide CASA program, which focuses on making our program stronger, but also opening CASA programs in counties that were not served by CASA program. And when we first got going, I wanna say that we were in around 40 counties, and I think that's close to 100 today. I might be a little off on my math, don't quote me, but she worked tirelessly day in and day out and started uh, on a contract salary, not even 40 hours a week because she believes in this mission and her role's a little different. She's not running a local program, but she's equipping and empowering local board of directors to open strong programs and staff to do the work to make sure that you have strong programs and therefore more efficiently serve children that are in need. Because unfortunately, none of our programs are serving all of the kids. We didn't talk a lot about that, but it, we served just shy of 700 children in 2022 at the Casa Lexington program, but that wasn't even 20% of the need. Mm -hmm. And folks like Andrea allow these programs to do this life-changing work. And so I, I think she's a trailblazer and that she has uh, really just blazed a path that is going to change generations to come. Because the hope is that every child we serve, that they raise their children in their own home and then those grandchildren in their own home and that they're not coming back into the system. So although Ben and I may not get to see all the wonderful successes of what we're doing in a week or a month, it could, it could be years or generations down the road, I believe that we're um, making a change that will continue to have an impact. And I'm just excited for the day that our nation's next president happens to be a child that had a CASA volunteer, or maybe um, the person that finds the cure for cancer or Alzheimer's is a child that benefited from having a CASA volunteer and the work that, that, that happened from that. So I'm gonna go with Andrea Bruns, Courtney, as mm. my final answer for the work that she has done on behalf of the Commonwealth with these children. That was beautiful. I was going to say that I look up to both of my parents because I think the way they raised me instilled a lot of the values in me that uh, led me to where I am today and, and uh, uh, made me interested in CASA as soon as I heard about it. Mm. 
So I'd like to give a shout out to both Beth and Eugene Kleppinger as well, because <laughs> we're thrilled to have Ben on this team and all of the Kleppingers as part of this Casa Lexington team. <laughs> so I'm giving honorary mention to the Kleppingers. I love it. <laughs> what are you all most looking forward to? Well, bourbon in the value, Courtney. It's Friday, February 24th. I don't have a ticket, but I'm going to crash the party. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to slide in there. You better get on that wait list, sister. I'm going to get on the wait list. (laughs) Why do you love our community? Man, that is an easy one. We've reverted back because we are surrounded with people here in Lexington and across central Kentucky that have huge hearts. So we talked about how that was uh, sort of a qualification to be a CASA volunteer, but even outside of CASA, people that want to help their fellow neighbor. We have seen a decent amount of tragedy across the Commonwealth over the last 18 to 24 months or or even longer, whether it was natural disaster, um, COVID-19 pandemic. But what we've seen is people come together unify to pull one another up uh, to help us move forward. And we've seen that here at Casa of Lexington. So I said that we have zero guaranteed dollars coming in, but even through the tragedies that have happened, we've seen our community pull together and say, we believe in children. We believe in the work being done at CASA, and I'm going to choose to invest in that and play my part. And we talked a lot about there's a role for everyone to play here, and I'm so thankful and humbled to be in a community that doesn't just give lip service and say children matter, but they show up to volunteer the hours. They write the check from the hard-earned dollars, even when there may be fewer discretionary dollars to send around. Maybe they forego the nachos and say, you know, I'm gonna give this funding to children. And so I I love this state. I think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. We have hills, um, grass, farmland, horses. There's just so much beauty here, not only physical beauty, but uh, in the in the people we see and their attitudes. So that's an easy one, Courtney. Proud Kentuckian here, born and raised. Uh, if anybody wants to talk more about why this is a great state, email me, mjameson at casalexington.org. I'm willing to took all the answers, so I'll just say what she said. I love it. Now this is going to be, this could be a tough one. I don't know, Melinda, I feel like you're going to have a great answer for this. Why do you love yourself? Why do I love myself? Because I am me. I beat to the march of my own drum. And although it might hurt my feelings when people have mean things to say, I am blazing forward on that path. Get on the bus or get off because the bus is coming through. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Ben, why do you love yourself? I, I love myself because uh, I adapt. I can adapt to any situation. I'm proud of uh, my ability to adapt and grow and learn no matter what's thrown at me. And um, I love myself because I know that taking care of yourself and making sure you're in a good place is how you can then take care of other people. Mm. This is the last question, and it won't be as hard as the other ones. <laughs> Tell us what you have going on? What's coming up in the next few weeks? How can people get involved? How can people get in touch with you? 
So we've got a volunteer training class going on that started this past week, but no worries, folks. We run those multiple times per year. So today, regardless of when this airs, is the day to reach out to get more information to be in that next training class. And I think the next one is going to start in March, if I'm not mistaken, maybe April. So the time frame is perfect to go ahead and reach out. And if you're planning to go to your house in Bermuda in the months of March and April, it's still okay to reach out because essentially we'll let you know when the next training class starts. We've already heard about Bourbon in the Bayou and all listeners have already went to the CasaOfLexington.org website and checked out the link to that auction because not only are there some amazing items, especially from small businesses around Central Kentucky that you can support, but all the money goes to help abuse and neglected children. So that's some of the top things going on around here now. But if you're interested in hearing more about what's going on in the future, you again can check out our website under the events for the folks that are looking to go on one of these tropical excursions, you know, go right to that website, scroll down, click donate. I've already sent the info to Courtney. So maybe we have listeners that really just want to go on vacation with Courtney and I. Join us to one of our next locations. You all, this has been a joy. I I'm in love with you guys. I am so happy that we got to meet and spend time together. You have to come back and have another episode with us. Please, please, please. Absolutely. So you've heard it here, listeners. Tune back in to Bluegrass Uh, Community Foundation listening hour to hear more about Casa of Lexington. We may even let you vote to determine what the next theme is. Hey, that is an idea. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. We'll be in touch. I like it, Courtney. (laughs) Thanks, friend. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.